Welcome to Appetite and Adventure, and also Adam just ranting with Adam Zickery. Alright, what's up everybody? I, uh, sorry I haven't been recording for a while. Just wasn't feeling it, you know what I mean? Crazy AZ wasn't feeling the P-O-D-C-A-S-T um, for a few days, but I'm back. I'm ready to go. I just had to refresh my memory here. Um, been watching a bunch of financial advice videos and stuff like that. I was doing a first aid course, which is going to resume tomorrow for the last two days. Uh, and, uh, other than that, just doing my thing. Um, kind of funny the other day, uh, I spoke to the guy who writes for the sports section of the newspaper because he's written a couple like articles, uh, about me when I had my MMA fights. Um, and he asked me to speak. I coach, I also coach him at, uh, boxing class doing like private lessons or whatever. And he asked me if I could like do a little blurb on, uh, on working out at home during COVID. Cause the newspaper is doing some article about, uh, about home gyms and renovations and stuff like that. And I never did any renovations first of all, cause it's not my home and B why, uh, but, uh, I just gave him some, I mean, the actually our conversation was shorter than I expected to the point where uh, when I read the news article, I was like, Jesus, you should ask me some more questions because apparently what I said to him didn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised it didn't make any sense because none of what I say makes any sense, but uh, I was reading the news article and I just couldn't believe how little sense I made when uh, when I heard myself quoted in there. Uh, but uh, what it actually got me thinking about was other pastimes. I was in the newspaper, and it made me remind because I, I I cut out those news articles usually, and I laminate them. And uh, so I was thinking about when I went to Brazil when I was eighteen. So when I was eighteen years old, I had been out of high school for a few months or something, and I decided I was going to go teach English in Brazil, and uh. I, w- I went and taught English at this like adult school, but like a school for adults who couldn't afford to pay for English lessons. So volunteers go there and do classes, uh, whether or not I was qualified to be teaching different story, but it was fun. Um, but it was funny because when I was in Brazil in Salvador, uh, we went to a nightclub one night, like, like in like the favelas, uh, like, like right in a bad neighborhood, well, not a bad neighborhood, but like you know, a lower income Brazilian neighborhood. It was pretty clear. I remember the taxi driver was like, don't go anywhere except for the club. And while I was in the club, apparently dancing and whatnot, there's a, there was a news article or sorry, there's a newspaper there doing a story about the club, I guess. And I was there with a few other gringos and they asked us some questions. Now, apparently through difficulties with translation and stuff like that, it ended up being that my name is actually Adam Xerxes, Xerxes, almost akin to Xerxes, the Persian emperor. Uh, but also, apparently, I'm from New York, uh, not Carlton Place, Ontario. And uh, they got a sick picture of me dancing. I might try and take a picture of the news article because it's in my files here. 
and then I'll post it as the uh well maybe I'll make that the the photo for this podcast. Um but yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. But then it made me think of like other stuff I did. So when I went to Brazil, okay, here we go. Down and dirty, Adam story. Uh Okay, so this is how the whole thing came about. I decided I was going to go to Brazil, teach them English. I signed up for the thing. You actually have to pay to go do this. So you obviously you pay for your flight and stuff, but then you also pay like a, uh, forget, like 1100 or 1500 bucks to go there and teach a language, which is great. It's fine. I don't mind paying for that stuff. It was a good experience. It's actually a really interesting experience. So on the way to Brazil... I was sitting in the airport terminal and there's this like six foot tall, gorgeous blonde woman sitting like three chairs down from me. And I, I don't know what was I, I, okay. I remember this specifically right before I went to the terminal, I went to a bookstore and while I was in the bookstore, this guy came up to me like out of the total blue, never seen him before, never even made eye contact with him. He came up to me. He, he must've seen me looking at a book. Um, and he walked up to me and said, do you want to change your life? And I was like, pardon me? And he's like, do you want to change your life? Do you want to read something that'll change your life? And I was like, sure. And he picked up the book that was sitting right in front of me and said, get this book. And uh, it was an autobiography about him. No, I'm just kidding. It was a book called A Long Way Gone. I can't remember the author, but it was a kid from, uh, I want to say it was Sierra Leone. uh, And about his life growing up in Sierra Leone, becoming a child soldier, and then escaping. And in all reality, the book was really good. I read it. Uh, I ended up buying it, and I read it. Uh, No issues there. Um, So anyways, then after I buy this book, the guy's, you know, telling me it'll change my life. I go over, and I sit down at the terminal. There's this six-foot-tall blonde lady, like gorgeous, looks like a supermodel or something, and she's sitting just a few chairs over from me. And then there's like a guy sitting behind us, like facing the other direction. And I don't know what came over me, but I picked up my Portuguese English dictionary and, uh, went and started asking her questions, but she didn't speak any English and I didn't speak any Portuguese. So we started having this kind of like broken conversation, uh, just in the terminal there. And then this guy behind me started kind of getting into the conversation and they, he could speak Portuguese. So they were talking together. Uh, and that was that I thought. And then, um, we board the plane. Now, once we're boarded on the plane, I realized that this, there's quite a few open seats. We're on the red eye flight. So we're flying overnight and we're flying from, Oh, where were we at the time? We were in like, I want to say the connect, it might have, might have just been no, it wasn't straight from model. It doesn't matter where we were. We were in some city flying to uh, Sao Paulo, and uh, when I get on the flight, I realize this lady's sitting a few rows over and a few rows back from me, and she's got two empty seats beside her. So I like wave at her, and then she motions at me to come over. So I go in down and sit down beside her. We start talking. Then all the lights go off on the plane. And I mean, we're, I've got a blanket over me. I'm like half asleep and I don't know what, I mean, this was 13 years ago. So I barely remember the circumstances about like how things came about, but I ended up started making out with this lady who's like 30, I think she said she was like 32 or 33 at the time. So she was 13 or 14 years older than me. 
and we started making out. And then next thing I know, I'm hooking up with this lady on the airplane. Um, and it was so random. I'm talking like lights are off on the airplane. I don't know what, what came over me. I must've been so like hopped up on excitement and whatever about going and doing this thing that, you know, I take it way past making out with this lady and yeah, we ended up hooking up on the airplane. So mile high club or whatever you want to call it. We land in Sao Paulo and we walk around in the airport for like half an hour and then she's got to go her separate way. She's actually from a place called Florianapolis, uh, which is in like Southern Brazil. And, um, I remember that pretty clearly. Um, and her name was like Renata, but I think in Portuguese, it's actually Renata. Uh, cause you pronounce the R's like H's, uh, it's for all my jujitsu players out there. Um, so after I have this like totally odd experience hooking up with this lady on the airplane, I make my way to Brazil and while I'm down in Brazil, so in Brazil, while I'm working at this place or whatever you want to call it, it's kind of like a communal living area. So there was me and one other guy, this guy named Casey, Casey Litchke. I actually remember quite a, I've got a pretty fucking good memory for somebody who smokes as much weed as I do. Um, what was it? This guy, Casey Litchke, he was in medical school uh, at the time, and he was, like, taking a break or something from medical school. So he was the only other guy there in the communal living space, and then I think there was nine women. There was, like, an older lady from Alberta. There was two – there was th- four women, actually, from England. Uh, oh, what were their names? There was two Emmas, a Juliet, uh, I can't remember the last girl's name, like Mo Monahan or something like that. It doesn't matter. Those girls and then a few other people. Um, and we all kind of lived in the same building. Uh, me and Casey roomed together. Casey was pretty funny dude, like very typical, like stereotypical, like jock American guy. Um and we had some pretty exciting times. Where, like we went out a bunch of times. Me and Casey tried to buy weed off some guy on the beach and got completely ripped off. Like, like I tried to buy weed for the group uh, on the beach and it was super sketchy. Like I remember somebody like showed me a knife and blah 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 blah. And he was like, "Hide it, cause the cops are gonna see you." So I kind of like discreetly put money in this guy's hand, and then he discreetly put a newspaper roll in my pocket, which ended up being like banana leaves wrapped in newspaper. Uh, which we subsequently found out when we got back to the to the uh, place we were staying at. But um, on top of that, uh, I remember one night we were out just walking around and somebody tried to rob us. Uh, there was another day that we were watching these guys do capoeira in the street. And I didn't, I mean, at the time I was like a little bit naive. I mean, I'd traveled a bit with my dad and stuff, but never on my own. And I didn't realize that just stopping to watch these guys do capoeira meant like you owed them money. And so I watched them. I thought it was really cool. And then I went to go leave and the guys like tried to grab me and like say like, you got to give us money, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty interesting time. We did some swimming and some surfing and stuff. But I remember, so one of these English ladies, her name was Emma and she was like a school teacher in England. Again, I'm 18 years old and I think she was 34 years old. And uh, she started like, we started like flirting a little bit when I was, when we were out one night. And I remember the lady from Alberta who was quite a bit older. She was like in her 50s. 
she was getting mad at the English woman because she thought this English lady was taking advantage of me uh, and like being inappropriate with me. And then <laughs> this is so bad. So I end up hooking up with this English lady. Like I can't remember the age difference, but it was something like 16 years age difference or something like that. So almost twice my age. Um, I ended up hooking up with her back at the dorm one night and a few weeks later, it was her It was her last week and my second last week there. And a bunch of people had decided they were going to go to this island um, called, oh, what was, uh, you know what? I'm not going to remember the name of the island. It was an island about two hours off the coast of Brazil. And we were going to go there for kind of their last weekend there. But I didn't have any money left. I was opting out of the trip to the island. But this lady, Emma offered to pay for my trip, which was really generous. And I probably should have realized this in hindsight. Um, so she paid for my boat ticket. She paid for, uh, well, boat ticket. And then we were we were going to share, quote unquote, a hotel room. Now, keep in mind, I'm 18. I'm super inexperienced. I just like show up on this island with these people because there's four or five other people there. And we are just settling into a hotel room and this Emma lady's like, you know, making moves on me or whatever. And I remember stopping and asking her to stop and get off of me. And then I said, I think you might be more attracted to me than I am to you. In my mind, I was being honest. In all reality, I was being a psychopath by saying that just to the whole situation, everything, like, why would you say, like, think of anything else other than that to say, anyways, clearly made her so uncomfortable. So she said, just give me a minute. She left, came back and gave me a key to a different hotel room. So now she bought a second hotel room for me to stay in by myself, um, which made me feel kind of bad, kind of awkward, definitely awkward. Uh, but also kind of bad. I felt a little bit bad that I, th- I'm pretty sure I hurt her feelings. Um, but I mean, in retrospect, maybe she should have known better to realize that, uh, you know, in my youth and inexperience, I might say something dumb. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess most of my story from Brazil is me hooking up with ladies. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time. It was really interesting. Uh, we met a kid named Michael. He named himself Michael Jackson. He's always dancing in like the city square whenever we went up there. Um, and uh, we never gave him money, but we like bought him some food and stuff and hung out with him. He was like a street kid. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. I wish back then I was into Brazilian jiu-jitsu because then I would have, I would have done some down there just for the experience. But I didn't start jiu-jitsu until I got back from Brazil. Uh, which was nice. I started, I must've started almost immediately when I got back. Cause I know I started around 18 or 19 years old. Cause I, I, I used to think I was a pretty tough guy. You know what I mean? You, you skateboard and do stuff like that and get into a couple fights in high school. And next thing you know, you're a Mike Tyson. And I remember I went to the local jujitsu club, alpha MMA in Carlton place, Ontario. I mean, I was a local kid. I, I knew the guy who he's my old jujitsu coach very wise, uh, sage. And I knew him because he had done business with my parents before and just local life kind of thing. And I remember going in there thinking how tough I was. And then almost immediately getting choked out by like a, how old was Jessica at the time? Like a 13 year old girl, 14 year old girl. when I was like 18 or 19. Um, 
You know, she just wrapped those legs in a triangle around my head and arm. And next thing you know, I'm tapping and like sitting there thinking like, oh, this, this shit actually works. I remember Evan Trafford is actually the one who got me into it. He was the one who suggested it because one night we were in my dad's garage uh, or my parents' garage doing whatever. We were probably just doing drugs and alcohol and skateboarding. Well, there was definitely alcohol involved because I said to Evan, let's fight. I knew Evan had been doing some practice or whatever, but at the time I didn't realize like, you know, what was going on. I didn't know how badass Evan was. Um, and so I was, he's like, okay, let's fight. What are the rules? And I was like, rules, what are you talking about? Rules? Fucking rules. And immediately the first thing he does is a spinning heel kick to my face and breaks one of my fucking teeth. It's still broken. Like it's in the side of my mouth right now. I can feel it. With a chip out of the top of the tooth. He just kicked me right in the fucking face and chipped my tooth immediately. And like two seconds after that, I was like, okay, okay, we'll get some rules. No kicking each other in the face, you fucking jerk. Um, but yeah, anyways, so that was my introduction to jiu-jitsu. Um, but yeah, just anyway, make this a giant roundabout circle here. I started this off talking about newspaper articles uh, and mine, you know, just how I like to keep them. Uh, but it's funny because, so the, there was a recent article that Jordan had wrote in the Rocky Mountain Outlook here. Um, but he also had written a couple articles previously in the last year or two, uh, just about like, he's written a bunch about our club, but he wrote two about me specifically with my fights. And in the, so after my first MMA fight, so I had my first MMA fight in Lethbridge, which is about three hours away, and it was on a Saturday night. And at the time, I was working at the Bicycle Cafe on Main Street. And I mean, I, I kind of like working. Like, I like being busy. I don't like losing money. I'd rather just be at work or whatever. So uh, I won the fight. I felt good. I drove back to Canmore uh, that's that morning, the next so Sunday morning, um, and I went straight to work. So I got to work for 10 o'clock, worked the day, and Jordan called me to to ask me some questions about the fight and my experience and stuff so he could put it in the newspaper. And the first thing he asked me, he's like, what are you up to? And so I responded with, oh, I'm at work. And he's like, you're at work. What the fuck are you doing at work? You just fought last night. And I'm like, yeah, man, I got bills to pay was my answer. And then I talked to him for a while or whatever. But then the newspaper article came out. And the first line in the newspaper article, there's a giant picture of me kicking my opponent in the face. And then the first line in the newspaper article said, I got bills to pay, says Adam Zachary, post-fight or whatever. Um, and so fast forward to the second fight in Lethbridge again, and... I decided to just come up with some cheesy nickname, mostly because I thought about it for a while. I'm like, do I need a fucking nickname? I'm like, no, I don't need a nickname, but it kind of adds a little bit to the entertainment value of everything. Like, why not have some fun with it? So we, I just made up of some fucking nickname, whatever. And I have the fight. I win the fight by second round TKO or KO. Um, and... In the and the funny way, it was kind of funny because originally I was scheduled to be on like the undercard of the fight, but I guess one of the fights didn't happen or somebody didn't show up for their fight. So my fight ended up being the first fight on the like live pay per view. And uh, when I won, the ring announcer like came in and like didn't, I wasn't expecting it at all. Like the guy 
came in with a microphone and was asking me questions and was like, how did you feel about the fight? And I rambled on for a little bit. And my coach and uh, friend, Travis, approached the ring announcer and told him to call me. You know, he he's he gave him uh, my, my new nickname, not the one that I had decided was my nickname. He gave me a new nickname. And so I had no idea about this, but I did... I did think it was pretty funny. After the ring announcer, uh, when they go to announce my my uh, name for winning the fight, they're like, you know, and the winner is Adam. I got bills to pay, Zachary. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and it kind of stuck. It's actually pretty funny. That that's that's my new nickname now. Um, and it, and it's, it kind of works. I gotta say, Adam, I got bills to pay, Zachary. Is uh, you know, I'm here to do business. Uh, so anyways, I'm looking forward to having another fight here. Um, I've been trying to train as much as I can throughout the pandemic and all this fucking baloney. It makes it damn near impossible. Uh, you know, right now, uh, just with the availability of training and coaching and stuff like that, um, you know, I've put on a few pounds. It makes me feel like a, but you know, you do what you do. I've been, I'm definitely stronger. I'm thicker. That's for sure. Um, but we just got to do what we got to do. We got to deal with what we deal with. And, uh, you know, striking classes are slowly picking up for the privates. Um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, just been chilling the last little while. I don't know why I couldn't record the last few weeks. It's kind of weird. Like, I tried to sit down about a week ago and record, and I was, like, two minutes into it. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. It just feels so flat and forced. I can't do it. And it's kind of weird. Like, so I've, the first few had a similar feeling, but in a different way. So they felt a little bit forced cause I'm just talking, uh, but they felt forced in a fun way. But this last one was just felt forced and flat, like really flat. Like, like I didn't even have anything to talk about, which is not true. I was planning on talking about fried chicken a lot. Um, you know, I had tried one Popeye's chicken burger, uh, which was really good. I gotta say, uh, delicious um like like a while ago and then i tried some fried chicken from this place in town here which was all right it was pretty unflavored um but like one of my friends had grabbed me a popeye's burger and brought it back uh and uh it was pretty tasty i'm not gonna lie it was like uh perfectly textured um the only thing i would have added is uh extra pickles so but then I also went to a couple other places. There's a place in town called 4296, which is named after the elevation of this town, 4,296 feet in elevation. And it's kind of like a super trendy, like, uh, you know, hipster-ish kind of restaurant joint. The guy who runs the kitchen, very talented food-wise. Uh, the food was actually really good. We had, like, patatas bravas, and then we had, like, one of those impossible meat. It was called a yakitori beef, but it was with made with the non-beef beef. Um, I don't have any beef with it. It was pretty tasty. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and then we went to, uh, where did I go here? Just one second. Let me look it up. Yeah. We went to another place called where the Buffalo Rome, but I can't remember what I had there. I know I had a Lebna, uh, which is kind of, I've, I've talked about it before, but Lebna is kind of like this middle Eastern dish that is like a almost like a very light cream cheesy kind of dish. But this one was done with cabbage. I wasn't a huge fan. I'm not going to lie. 
usually where the Buffalo Rome is pretty good about their uh, about their food, but this wasn't my favorite. And uh, yeah, that's about it for restaurants right now. Um, I tried to go to Popeyes uh, yesterday, and it was close. It was my fault too. Um, it was my fault because the person I was with told me to call them because they had been closed for a COVID shutdown. I guess some of their staff got COVID. Uh, and instead of calling, I just, what can I say? I just checked Google because originally Google had said they were closed, but then it said they were open that day. So I tried to go in there and we drove all the way there you know, 20, 25 minutes in a raging blizzard all for delicious fried chicken only to find out when we walked down there that it in fact is still closed and you could not get any delicious fried chicken. So I was thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed. And on top of that, I made somebody very mad, um, which was unfortunate. I didn't mean to do that. So I apologize profusely um, that they, you know, I apologize that I didn't suggest that they go ahead and call themselves instead of me calling um, because I'm already so busy with my life, especially right now being somewhat unemployed. Um, so I start a new job in a week or two, but I can't talk about it yet, but I will. I'm definitely not going to talk about my old fucking job. Holy shit. Okay. All I got to say is do not work for the government. I was never into the man before. I don't know. I don't like the man. And by the man, I mean the government. And I definitely do not like working for the government. That is fucking 100%. I cannot think of a more inefficient, embarrassing place or group of people to work for. I can't wait to tell you guys about the level of taxpayer dollar. And that was the thing. So I went in for a meeting with my government job because I got called in for a meeting for, with HR because of shit I said on here on the podcast because somebody listened to it and thought they needed to report me. So I went ahead and had a meeting with HR. And, you know, I described to them, I'm not going to get into it here, but I think they thought they were going to kind of give it to me in terms of me talking about them. But the truth is, I kind of laid it down in terms of like, listen, I'm not just a fucking employee here. I'm a fucking taxpayer. And A, besides all the issues of getting paid correctly, which were ongoing for six weeks after my employment finished, I hadn't been paid correctly for six weeks. And frankly, I still think there's issue. I, th- I still think there's discrepancies with my pay, but I'm so exhausted by the whole fucking thing that I just said, fuck it. I've gotten most of my money at least. I'm not even going to pursue it anymore because it's the level of stress and mental real estate that it's a- occupying in my mind is just not okay. I have to move on with my life. Otherwise I'm going to give myself a fucking hemorrhage in my brain. Just thinking about this shit. Um, but you know, I also said, listen, I'm a fucking taxpayer. When I walk into work and I see this kind of attitude and this kind of level of inefficiency, you know, I'm really frustrated as a taxpayer. Like I don't appreciate that. So, um, me and my former employer split ways and, uh, I will never be going back there. I don't care what anybody says. People can say, Adam, you got to watch what you say. You might need them in the future, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I've got a fucking co I've got coworkers who I enjoyed working with there. They were great. I've got no issues with them, but in all reality, I've got nothing I want to do with management there. They can suck nuts for all I care. Uh, 
so that was my former employment and uh, I would never say that about an employer if I didn't feel justified. I mean, I always try to leave um, employment with the best terms possible and I really like some of the people I've worked for in the last little while, but not these guys. Never those guys. I don't care how much they pay me, what they say. Uh, the whole government uh, operation is just a giant shitstorm of inefficiency and waste. Alrighty, what else here? Uh, yeah, I had a bunch of stuff written down for that last podcast, and then I just couldn't pull it together. I failed. I failed you guys, so I apologize for that. But I, I was just reading through the notes and um, earlier, and one of the things I had written down just on the on the whole old stories thing was it made me think back to when I sang opera for a few years uh, back in Ontario, and how that came about was I was in drama class probably because I just wanted an easy credit for high school and I just uh you know I liked being a goofball and uh while I was in drama class the drama teacher was like oh you should try out for the musical and and I was like I don't know how to sing and they were like that's okay just go in there and Mr. Mills will tell you what to do so I went in and Mr. Mills asked me like to the music room and Mr. Mills asked me to try singing And so I tried and he's like, wow, you should definitely be taking singing lessons. So I started taking singing lessons with this lady in Ottawa named Judith Vachon, um, who was a really nice older lady, older lady, uh, who had a lot of experience in the opera house. And I think she, you know, sang at the national arts center and like she, she was a legit operatic musician, giant cans. Like, I don't know what it is with ladies who sing in opera, but they all have giant melons Um, but I would do lessons with her and then I ended up doing the Susical at the high school. So I played the Grinch and General Genghis Khan Schmitz. I scare little children out of their wits, but you'll see at a glance, sir, my school is the answer, uh, for some other kids who's, you know, I can't remember the names, but that was essentially uh, my life for a couple of years. There was a girl who also used to take opera lessons who I had a big crush on. I can't remember her name, but I know she was ginger. Um, she had some red hair, but uh, yeah, I don't know how that came about. I For some reason, I'd obviously written that down as an idea to talk about. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Lately, I've just been doing my thing. I ended up getting a really good deal on a scope for my new rifle, and I ended up getting a sick scope for anybody who's interested in optics and stuff. Uh, I got a crazy scope. I got a six to twenty-four by fifty uh, millimeter objective lens. Um, you know, I could zoom in on the local mountain summit and actually count how many people were up there uh, from downtown. So, just to give you an idea of the kind of optics this is, this is like ultra high-end optics uh no messing around here uh you got the the canadian sniper sitting here on the podcast uh now as far as other things go this is mostly about food here because i've had some pretty a couple really delicious days um you know today i worked out first thing in the morning and then immediately after i worked out i went oh that's right so i worked out first thing this morning had some breakfast. I think I ate two oranges and a couple cups of coffee. And then I went to go meet up with my boy, Randy, 
who I worked with last summer and he was driving through town. He had just picked up a bunch of supplies uh, for his farming for his farming because he's a Mennonite up in a place called Vanderhoof in BC, uh, you know, central BC. Uh, and Randy is the man. And it was funny because when I first met him, he was up in the camp with his wife and his three kids. Uh, and you know, for the first three weeks I knew Randy, I was like, holy shit, this guy is so nice that it makes me want to be Mennonite. I mean, he kind of still is even today when I saw him, uh, I was like, man, Randy's the fucking man. He is so cool and so nice. And he's only like two or three years older than me, but for whatever reason, he seems like he's like 20 years older than me. Uh, cause he's just got, uh, his shit together. He's doesn't own a TV. He owns a big truck and a big trailer and he just, uh, does farm shit, I guess. And he's always heroin fields. You know, he told me that, uh, he said, Adam, I've harrowed more fields than you'll ever plow, which made no sense to me when he said it, because I had no idea what harrowing means, but he explained it to me. And I, if I remember correctly, it means like perforating the ground to an extent, but, uh, yeah, it was super funny because uh, Randy came through town, so I stopped to see. I went downtown to see him, and then afterwards, I went out and got. Uh, I went to Le Fournil, my favorite little bakery here in town, and I got two croissants. Two croissants. Um, oh yeah, they are so good. I used to get them and and eat literally a quarter of a stick, not a quarter of a brick, a quarter of a stick of butter, uh, with two croissants. Now I didn't do that today. I just bought two croissants, uh, one blueberry Danier or Danois or a blueberry Danish for those of you who don't speak sophisticated. And then I also bought a caramel and chocolate tart, which is easily three days worth of sugar intake, uh, that I consumed in about all of one minute and 34 seconds. Not on purpose, uh, kind of, because I didn't plan on eating it that quickly, but you know what happens when you bite into something, it starts spilling out everywhere onto the plate, and you don't want it to go to waste even though it's on the plate. You know, you think it might evaporate into the air or just disappear out of nowhere. Um, so I just inhaled the whole thing. Um, then after that, my, my roommate here, Matt, uh, suggested I make a grilled cheese sandwich with his fresh sourdough bread that he had just made. So I took a couple thick slices of that and some cheese and uh, I was really disappointed with myself. I had a bit of goat's cheese in the fridge and I let it go bad. I know, uh, shoot me. Um, I couldn't put it on the sandwich. I thought about it. I thought about cutting the weird, wet, moldy, runoff, disgusting part of the goat's cheese that smells really bad off, but you couldn't even really cut it off because it was liquid. It was pretty bad. So I had to toss it out, but I just put some mozzarella and some other cheese, like kind of like a hard Gouda cheese on there. And then some roast chicken. Made a grilled cheese sandwich. Ate it with sriracha and ketchup. And then, uh, what did I have? I had my chocolate tart after that. Um, and what else did I have? I had something else. I'm just forgetting it. I'm forgetting it. I'm free. Oh, I made like three curries in the last two days. So yesterday, I made a vegetable curry. I shared it with somebody beautiful. Um, they thought it was the most amazing curry they've ever had in their entire life. They even said, so they're like, they're like, I've eaten so many curries and this is the best one I've ever had. Uh, then I made a steak and sausage stew. This isn't a curry. It wouldn't be a curry. You know, no sausage curries. That'd be crazy. 
but I made like a chipotle, like a Texas chili kind of thing. So steak and sausage with chipotle peppers and fresh tomatoes. I blended all the chipotle peppers and adobo sauce with the tomatoes and let it simmer for literally way too long. Uh, which didn't negatively affect it, but it definitely didn't positively affect it either. Um, but I had also made a big batch of basmati rice with lemon and lime zest. Okay, there is nothing on earth. Well, there might be a couple things on earth, but there are not many things on earth as fragrant and uplifting and delicious and just overall scrumptious as the zest of citrus fruits. I think it might be one of my favorite things ever, even if you just zest those citrus fruit peels right onto my nose and never let me eat them. Uh, I'll be forever grateful. Um, so I put some of that stuff in my basmati rice, uh, made for a very nice one. And then today I took all of the leftover chicken and chicken bones and stuff that I had and I made a curry. So what I did was, okay, and this is what you can do at home too is one thing I like to do is I like to buy whole chickens because you get like triple use out of them. Let me break this down for you. So you always, you, you buy a chicken, you get the skin, you get the meat, you get the bones. Okay, this is how I utilize all three. First, I get the whole chicken and I roast it at a low temperature for maybe like an hour and 15 minutes or so. Then I crank up the oven to like 500 degrees, let the skin get nice and crispy. I might even put it on broil. Let the skin get nice and crispy, flip it over, let the bottom get nice and crispy, and then pull it out of the oven. So you get your chicken juice now in the roasting pan and you get your chicken carcass. I take off all the skin and I save it separately from the rest of the chicken. Now what I might do is let's say I'm feeling let's say I'm feeling nifty and thrifty. I might make myself a BLT sandwich, okay? So bacon, lettuce, tomato. Except it's not just bacon, lettuce, tomato. It's bacon, lettuce, tomato and chicken skin. You hear me? Bacon, lettuce, tomato, chicken skin. You toast your bread, you cook your bacon till it's a little crispy on the outside but also still a little chewy cuz nobody likes dry shitty bacon um lettuce tomato mayo on both slices of bread excessive amounts of mayo as as anybody who has so and so snapchat has witnessed at some point in time my fucking ex-roommate putting up fucking snapchats of me making sandwiches um so you take your toasted bread you uh wipe your mayonnaise knife all over it lettuce, tomato, bacon. Then what you do is you take that chicken skin you've saved and if it's if it's fresh, that's the best time to do it is right when you take, you plan on eating a BLT as you're roasting a chicken, okay? That way when you take the chicken out of the oven, you peel the crispy, the perfectly hot and crispy skin right off, right off of the chicken and you put it right onto your sandwich, okay? There should be a little salt on there too. It should be delicious. So bacon, chicken skin, lettuce, tomato, mayo, Nothing better. That's the best. Fuck the rest. Um, okay, now you've now you're left with a, a skinless chicken carcass. Now, what I usually do is leave it out overnight because I get fucking tired and I just forget that I even cooked a chicken. Um, or if I'm not, uh, you know, out to lunch, I'll peel all the meat off of it while it's still warm and it's easy to peel. I'll get every little piece of meat off of that uh, chicken carcass that I can. And then I take all of the bones, any cartilage that's left over, and I and, and I put it in a pot with cold water, like just enough. You don't want to you don't want to dilute the chicken bones too much so that you get like nothing out of it. Ideally, at the end of it, 
you're still simmering those chicken bones for a few hours to get, um, you know, that bone broth that people so lovingly like to mention. Bone broth, by the way, has been around for a million. It's literally, it must be what, the oldest food on earth? There's nothing new or special about bone broth. So when you go into Nutter's or fucking Health Planet or whatever the fuck those stores are called, and you see bone broth and it's $11 for a 500 milliliter glass jar, just go buy a chicken carcass and make your own fucking bone broth. Like, it's not rocket appliances here. It's really obvious that um, bone broth has been around forever, okay? So don't rip yourself off by buying bone broth from the health food store. Just fucking make your own. It's like the craziest concept ever. Oh, my God. Those dumb marketing things drive me fucking nuts because it's like if you knew anything about food, you just wouldn't pay for that. But they are banking on you not knowing a goddamn thing about where your food comes from or how it's made or how to even make food in general, okay? Figure it out for yourself. Be self-reliant. Cook your own food. Make your own food. Know how much of stuff is in there. Know your macros. Uh, For a long time, I was like avoided counting macros and stuff because I thought it was confusing. It is so easy. Protein, carbs, fat, calories. There you go. Those are your macros. And, uh, it's like anything else. Like everybody talks about wanting to lose weight, wanting to be in shape, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if, if you want to learn how to save money, you don't do it by not ever reading anything about financial investing. And same thing goes for food and you know, the way you feel about your body. You can talk all you want about wanting to be this or that, but until you actually take the time to sit down and do the math, you'll never figure it out. So like some people are against using a scale or against counting calories and stuff like that. But like you have to even, you you have to have some idea of what you're doing in order to be successful at what you're trying to do. So if your goal is to lose weight or to be a certain way or to feel a certain way, yes. Is the scale the end all be all of how you feel? No, it should definitely not be that way. But if you don't know what the difference is between you weighing 220 pounds and you weighing 170 pounds, which is kind of like my spectrum, uh, of weight between like throughout a year, uh, then, then I'm sorry you just, you're just never going to be as successful as you want to be. Anyways, back to the point I take the, and you use, um, cold water when you put the bones in there because it keep it, it keeps it from getting too cloudy. You don't want like a gross cloudy broth or stock. You want like a nice, as clear as possible. I'm not going to get into making uh consomme and stuff here, but but there's a whole other, whole other story over on that side. So anyways, you simmer it for a few hours. Now, when you strain the bones out of the broth, you have ended up with your delicious chicken skin, your chicken meat, and now you have broth. So what I did today was I took all those chicken bones I had and I made a broth. Then what I did was I took all the meat I had saved and I made a chicken curry. So I uh, sauteed some carrots and onions for a little bit. Then I added some potatoes, garlic, simmered that for, not simmered, sorry, sauteed that for a little bit. Then I added a little bit of the fresh chicken broth that I made. I put in all the chicken meat, added some cauliflower and asparagus just because it was vegetables I had sitting in the fridge still. Uh, I grated like, I don't know how many grams, like, you know, like a finger's worth of fresh turmeric into it. Fresh turmeric is amazing. Oh, like, you know, if you got a hookup for good spices, you know, I'm not talking about those crazy street spices. I'm talking about like real spices. 
Um, but if you got a good hookup for spices, then that's great. But if you don't, you need to get the fresh turmeric because dried turmeric in good condition is hard to come by. It's uh, a lot of times when you buy, especially spices from like just a regular grocery store, they're fucking whack. Just throw them out, get rid of them, burn them, uh, give them to your uncle that you don't like. Hopefully, you know, uh, they, they don't make it through the spice adventure, but, but in all reality, you want to use as much fresh stuff as possible. So what I did was once I put the, uh, extra vegetables and chicken and stuff in the thing, I put a little bit more chicken broth just to allow it to simmer and added a little bit of red curry paste, a little bit of gochujang, which is like a fermented Korean chili paste. And then I, uh, and then I grated this fresh turmeric in there, a couple kefir lime leaves, uh, some really nice coconut milk that I have and then just let her rip for about an hour of like just nice low simmering until it thickened up a little bit and just had this like very fragrant, beautiful odor to it. Odor, aroma, not odor. Odor just implies negativity, even though it doesn't actually just when I hear the word odor, I think gross. I think like bums. Okay. Uh, so anyways, I made those three stews slash curries in the last couple days. I, uh, oh, so I have a chocolate, my chocolate chip cookie recipe from like the second episode or the third episode or something that chocolate chip cookie recipe I have written down in a little book here. Cause I'm slowly accumulating recipes, uh, that I kind of like tweak and make up over time. And so I've got, as far as baking stuff goes, I've got a chocolate chip cookie recipe. I've got a cinnamon bun recipe. My cinnamon buns, by the way, are the fucking best. I don't care what anybody says. I'm the fucking cinnamon bun champion. My mouth is also so dry right now that I can barely formulate a word. So give me one second here. I'm going to go get a glass of water. All right. Sorry. Had to get a glass of water, but I'm back now. And uh, funny enough, just in that few moments that I was gone, um, in those few moments I was gone, one of my great friends, this little redheaded bitch, fucking texted me and was like, hey, I'm in the city. I'm going to Popeye's. Do you want me to bring you a Popeye sandwich? You know, I responded with, are you fucking serious? And then I said, yes, please. Two spicy chicken sandwiches with extra pickles, if you may be so kind. And then uh, I gave her a virtual slap across the face for being so goddamn nice. Um, Alrighty here. So where, what was I even talking about here two seconds ago? Uh, my mouth was super dry. I can't remember. Doesn't even matter. Um, probably something about, oh, Matt, he, so, so my fucking roommate goes to cook, cook, to bake my cookie recipe. And for whatever reason in my little book, I mean, I know the recipe off the top of my head. I don't need to even fucking think about it, but apparently in the book, I wrote the cooking time down as 20 minutes and it's actually 13 to 14 minutes, depending on the consistency of your cookie that you desire. So what happens? I come home, Matt had wanted to bake these delicious, fantastic cookies, uh, that are the best recipe in the world, but he used the time that I wrote down in the book and they fucking just turned out to be like, so crispy. They're still pretty tasty. And that is just an ode to my recipe, but yeah, they were a little crispy. Um, not the texture that was desired from the formulation of the recipe, but hey, that's just the way the world goes sometimes. Sometimes your cookies are nice and moist and delicious, and other times you end up with a fucking scone. Um, all right, I'm going to try to keep it consistent. I'm going to try to keep it going forward. 
I think I'm going to have Garbage Man Pete back on the podcast uh, just to go through a few ideas that we didn't necessarily spend a lot of time on and maybe just talk about some other stuff. And then I also am, I kind of threw it out to another guy here who's a photographer. Uh, I'm going to try to get him on. I might even just have, uh, you know, who knows, maybe I'll have Matt, my roommate, on to talk about economics and investing and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. Re- recently, I have been watching and listening to a lot of, and, and even reading a lot of investment advice. Um, and it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like, you know what? My life is boring. I'm going to gamble with my RRSP and my savings. And hopefully I make a, a good gamble and not a bad gamble. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that's about it. Uh, I can't really think of many other things to talk about, mostly because my brain doesn't function correctly. Uh, but I am working here. I'm pumping. I'm hustling. So if you guys have any ideas or you want me to talk about something, let me know. Uh, I am more than open to ideas. I am more than open to suggestions. Hoping. I'm Brazilian. I I just would like to keep things consistent, and I want to keep the viewership growing uh, because... Uh, I'm not going to lie. Fucking like a dozen people in the last week asked me what happened to the podcast. Nothing happened. It was literally just trying to go through the ups and downs of like motivation to talk about stuff. And I know anybody who knows me is like, oh, it's Adam. He can talk forever. It's like I I can talk forever. It's just I don't want to hear myself forever. And, uh, and, you know, although I do say a lot of dumb shit and I do a lot of dumb things, um, I don't always want to be that way. So sometimes I feel like I got to cut myself off. But uh, I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try to keep it consistent. I'm going to try to keep it good. So like I said, if you guys got any suggestions or questions or requests, if you want to see me talk to somebody, specific limo, uh, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to be here wearing inappropriate t-shirts and inappropriate sweaters with pictures of naked women on them, finger blasting themselves, and just talking shit. Uh, so have a good day, uh, and you will hear from me again soon. Adios, hasta luego, salamu alaikum, and <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Salam.